0: Hello, I'm Becky Rust, and I'm the Thought Leadership Project Coordinator at ACSI. Today, I'm hosting the Moving Forward podcast, where I'll be talking with Dr. Maria Varley, Head of Research and Innovation at Crest Education in Melbourne, Australia. Today, we'll be discussing the importance of women's leadership in Christian education, as well as Maria's recent blog post for the new Women Leaders for Christian Education blog. Hi, Maria. Thanks for joining me today. Thank
1: you. It's great to be here.
0: Before we jump in, would you tell us a little bit about yourself and your work with the Flame Network?
1: Yes, I will. So look, I've been uh, working in Christian education for around 30 years. I know that sounds like a long time, right? And currently my role is head of research and innovation at Crest Education in Melbourne. And I've held previous positions as a campus principal. And I also worked for Christian Schools Australia which is one of our Christian school associations for some years as well and and I have a background in teaching and look I guess I'm really passionate at the moment about seeing teachers equipped to provide the kind of learning opportunities that are really going to help every student in their school flourish and flourish in the fullest biblical sense of the word and you know I think we're preparing young people for a world that's different from the one that you know we experienced when we were at school and left school so what does that look like and what does that mean for the way we engage with students and equip them at school and how and i guess i'm passionate about how do we help teachers to navigate that space and i also too in recent years i have personally become quite passionate about just the whole area of leadership development and particularly for women as a woman who's been in education for quite some time and navigated Christian education in a variety of leadership roles I I guess I'm feeling at this part of my career an obligation if you like to really support and encourage other women especially younger women and those who are who are coming behind so I have become more intentional about that in recent years and so being involved in the Flame Network is part of that commitment, if you like. Christian Schools Australia is really committed to supporting women in leadership. And, and it does start from the top. Our board is made up of 50% women. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a member of the board. I'm the deputy chair. And we've been talking for some time about how we can be particularly intentional about women in leadership. And not only women, obviously, succession planning across our sector is really important and we've put strategies in place but also recognizing that maybe there needs to be some extra strategies put in place for women and so this year CSA birthed the flame network which has run a series of webinars for women in leadership and and men are also welcome to participate in those and just because of circumstances you see they've all been on online webinars but also out of that i developed a course which is called aspire and we've been running that as well for a group of women again we're running it online
0: great so you recently wrote what ended up being the first blog post for the new women leaders for christian education blog and for our listeners the wlce is an international network of women throughout Christian education. We've got folks from Canada and the UK and here in the US and then with you in Australia. And for our listeners, we will be sure to link to your blog in the description for this podcast. But before we jump into your post, I just want to play devil's advocate for a second. And what would you say to someone who says, so what, why does women leadership matter?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, and I think, well, first of all, if we look at First Corinthians, where it talks about the body of Christ, and it's very clear that every part's valuable and every part needs the other part. And I believe that effective leadership requires diversity, whether that be both men and women, people of different races, younger people, uh, older people, and people with different skill sets. So it matters because I don't believe leadership is going to be effective unless you have all of those voices around the table complementing one another. And if women are not involved in leadership, then I think there's a whole set of perspectives and potentially skill set that are missing. And I think, actually, I think that men will thrive in leadership too if they have women on their teams and vice versa.
0: So in your blog, you referenced the popular Hewlett-Packard survey that showed that men tend to apply for a position if they meet just 60% of the qualifications, but women tend to wait until they meet the full 100% before they apply. And you said that uh, you think that it's due to a confidence issue. And as someone who struggles with confidence, I think that's that's probably accurate, Um, but why do you think so many women seem to struggle with confidence, especially when it comes to leadership?
1: Yeah, great question. I think there are a few reasons for this and uh, I'll be really interested in your perspective as well. One of the things that I've thought about is, and and there's literature around this as well, of course, is just the way that we're conditioned from a really early age. When you think about girls, young girls, they're usually praised for being pretty or for being cute, being polite, being creative, Mm -hmm. whereas boys are often praised for being strong for being resilient, for taking risks. You know, when boys play at leadership roles, you know, we'll say they're de- oh, they're demonstrating leadership potential. Mm-hmm. When girls play at being leaders, they're often labelled as being bossy. Yep. So I think it's a really interesting question to ask, well, how does that kind of conditioning right from a really early age impact, uh, you know, how we develop then as young men and women and and as adults and I wonder if men often have a greater sense of just permission to lead and dare I say perhaps even an expectation that they should lead Mm. and I think that can often be a disservice to men too because I think there are occasions where that sense of pressure causes men to take on roles that maybe they're not actually passionate about or they're not even equipped for. And in the reverse, I think often women feel that they don't have permission to take on those roles. And to be honest, I think sometimes that can be even more pronounced in a Christian school or or ministry context, because sometimes, I mean, sometimes women are even blatantly told they cannot lead, Mm -hmm. they should not lead. And so For most people, that's a a really hard barrier to, to come up against and to be prepared to fight. It takes a fair bit of resilience to stand up against that. And, you know, not everyone has the confidence to do that. So I think there is an element of that lack of confidence coming from just the way society sends us certain messages right from when we're very young. I think one other area where women are lacking in confidence or or that can cause that lacking confidence is that often their careers are interrupted when they have children. Mm -hmm. And I I know of women who have gone on leave, had their children, and then when it's time for them to re-enter the workforce, they have lost confidence. They feel like, oh, has that break set me back? can I go back to a similar role or or have I lost my currency? And in fact, I also know of circumstances where women have not had the opportunity to take the position that they had when they left. And so Mm -hmm. they may have had, for example, a, a beginning leadership role, they've left the workforce. And when they come back in, instead of that role being given back to them, they've had to sort of take a step backwards. And so that can be quite off-putting and I think would definitely be damaging to your confidence too. And I think this is an experience that generally men don't have. Um, most men, their careers through you know education and leadership are often uninterrupted. And so they just get, I guess, in a, in a way, a much better run on it. I, I think too, in schools or in, in leadership teams that are quite male dominated, it can be really difficult for women to find their voice, and so that can cause women to lose confidence as well. As I said, I think it's it can be quite hard to, yeah, to kind of be assertive in, in that space, and it doesn't come naturally to many women, and many women would be afraid to be assertive in, in certain contexts, especially when they're very male-dominated. So I think all of those things are potential reasons why. Women lack confidence. I don't know. Do you? Do you have a perspective? No, I agree. I think, as I a think, woman who's younger than me, <laughs> I think women
0: tend to be uh, very competitive with each other because there are so few spaces for women to be in leadership that it's a competition. And if you're not willing to be aggressive, or if that's not your personality, that you'll take a step back because you don't want to be catty or witchy with a different yes. letter in front or bossy because they're, <laughs> they're all, all these negative terms for women when they're aggressive or assertive. It's it's good for a man to be assertive, but it's too pushy for yeah. a woman to be assertive. So when it's constantly a negative thing, I think that- Yeah.
1: Really- Look, I think the other thing too is, is just finding your authentic voice as a leader, as a woman, mm-hmm. because I think many of the traditional conceptions of leadership are quite sort of male skewed in a sense. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it's even stereo, I'm even using a stereotype to just say that because what is male leadership and what is female leadership? So I, I'm not, uh, that's not a, a mindset that, that I want to right. adopt. But if you just use the stereotypes, many of the, the leadership traits that are prized are traditionally sort of male-type leadership traits. And so women don't naturally fit into that. And so therefore, it's hard for them to see themselves as a leader. And then you have the problem of, okay, if I want to be a leader, I have to behave in a certain way or operate in a certain Mm -hmm. way that are those more male-oriented traits. But then the minute you do that, you can then become labelled as you know some of those words you mentioned right. you know like you're trying to be a bossy male so it's almost like you can't win if you don't adopt them you're not respected if you do adopt them you're labeled negatively so i think that's another issue it's hard for women to feel that they can be authentic to themselves and perhaps for some men too because i think mm-hmm. it is a stereotype that is becoming less and less relevant. I think the way that we do leadership and it's much more collaborative and a lot less hierarchical and that also suits many men. You know, I am not. I don't want to suggest that men just want to be involved in autocratic hierarchical leadership. Right. I think it's actually just as a bind for them as well, if you like, and it puts mm-hmm. many men in a box, but I think it impacts women probably more than it does men on average.
0: I think you're very right. So you mentioned that one way to overcome some confidence issues is to play to your strengths. Yes. Um, and you said that in several areas, women actually outperform men in their yes. competencies. And so what are some leadership skills or competencies that women excel in or that they can work on strengthening and some practical ways to do that?
1: Yeah. Look, we're all, you know, we're all individual. We're all unique. And I, and I think that sense of knowing what is it that god's gifted me with and how can i use that effectively and in the in the blog post i talked about some tools that can help you to do that the mm-hmm. one i mentioned in the post was strengths finders but there are other ones and i think by engaging with those tools not that we want to label each other and feel like we're in a box but they can be useful to help people to really think about, well, what am I passionate about and what am I good at? And the thing I like about that tool is that rather than focusing on, well, what don't you have mm-hmm. and, and working at that, it's actually what do you have and how can you really excel in that? It makes so much more sense. If you think about it, if you're trying to develop a skill that you don't have at all, and an example that I used in a course I've been running is to write something with the hand that you normally write with. You know, that's pretty easy. Then try to write the same thing with your non-dominant hand. Then write the same thing again with your dominant hand, but really try hard to make it look perfect. Mm -hmm. You're always going to get a better outcome from your dominant hand. So why not develop that rather than those things that maybe are not your strengths? And I think... Um, part of uh, maturing and and developing your confidence is is an ability to be just as confident about those things that you're not good at or not gifted in mm-hmm. as those that you are. And I think for me personally, that's been something that's been really helpful to me over the years. You know, I feel like when when I was starting out, you feel like you've you've got to try to be good at everything. But as I've got older and and more experienced, I've kind of realized no, actually, that's not how it works. I need to be me, I need to be good mm-hmm. at the things that God's gifted me in, and, and I need to get around me on my teams, people who are good in those areas where I'm not strong, because they're always going to be better at those areas than me. Yeah, I can fill the gap when I need to. But yeah, let's all play to our strengths. You know, I think that's an important message. But on a practical level, I think there are some key skills that women do often lack. And um, there's, been some studies and some literature that identifies this or names this as the missing 33%. And this is in the whole area of business and financial acumen. Mm -hmm. And so some studies have shown that women are less likely actually even to be encouraged to develop these skills. And often they go for positions and they don't even realize how important um, these particular skills are for leadership. So I think on a practical level, for people who want to be in educational leadership and, and obviously other areas of leadership too that's probably an area that is often a little undercooked for women just the whole finances business HR etc
0: things that you need more training necessarily. yeah and it's
1: not because women can't do them right. I think you know re- women who might be rising through the ranks often in some contexts they don't get any encouragement or training at all but if they do, it's often not in that area. Whereas studies have shown that men tend to get more guidance around that area. And again, Mm -hmm. I don't know whether business and finances are seen as male kind of domains and that's why, but I think, you know, we have to work to change that thinking.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to take advantage of a a little informal mentoring as a younger woman who's starting to come into some leadership roles and opportunities. What advice would you give to me or someone like me? Yeah.
1: Well, a few things. First of all, I would say that that whole area of, of self-awareness, it's really important because that's one of the places where your confidence is going to come from. Um, So, how do you develop self awareness? Well, I think having people around you who can speak into your life is one way. I think the other thing, you do need to develop resilience. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty resilient. I think I probably always have been, but I, I, Certainly, I know when I've gone through difficult circumstances, like really difficult circumstances, and I'm sure everyone in some area of their life has had to face some challenges. And those are the things that do build your resilience. So I'd be saying build resilience and don't shy away from difficult situations um, because that's how you grow and build experience. And I think the other thing that we need, we just need wisdom Mm. because sometimes navigating the leadership space, anyone will tell you that requires wisdom, but I think trying to find your way, especially if you're in a very male-dominated environment, it does require wisdom and a thoughtfulness around how you conduct yourself. As we mentioned before, I think the other advice that I would give to a young woman, and by the way, not all women in the early parts of their career are young, And that's the Mm -hmm. other thing that's really important to acknowledge that many women are starting their leadership careers when they're a little older than your average man. And again, that's usually because they went off to uh, have a family. Mm -hmm. Um, But the other advice I would give is, is just around what we were talking about before. You know, know what your superpowers are and start thinking about what you can do with them. Don't worry about what everyone else is doing. What have you got and what can you do with that? what's God given you? What are your passions? And then do something about developing them. And I I really draw on the parable of the talents.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The three men all had something. It's It's not how much they had, it's what they did with it. So what are you doing with what you have? And it might mean that you do some formal training or study. But whatever it is that you're currently doing, whether you're Teaching in the classroom, or you have a leadership role, be the best at it. Do it really well and have that mindset for every role that you take. You know, don't see the role as just hopefully a stepping stone to something else. You're in it now. Mm -hmm. Be the best at it. And look for if you're not leading, but you'd like to be leading, look for opportunities to lead. And they don't have to be formal positions. It might be that you volunteer to lead a project, or maybe someone's running a conference and they need people on a committee, volunteer to be on that committee. And and these are opportunities for also building your networks. And I I think finding mentors, people that you admire, people that you can learn from is really a key as well. And that's where I guess networking and by networking, I don't mean just swapping business cards and all that kind of thing. I mean, engaging with people and getting to know people and I know when I was younger there were people men and women that I looked to that I really admired and and I would look at their work and think wow you know I hope one day I can be like them and I just tried to find ways to get to know them and yeah volunteer to be on teams where they were going to be leading them um, so that I could learn from them and and I think find people that are going to champion you it's it's not hard to find people usually that will stand in your way or be blockers or be cynical about your capacity or your potential. Actively look for people who are going to be your champions and and as young women I would say you need women and men. And they do exist. I have some wonderful male colleagues who, you know, are great champions of women and you know as a as an older woman myself, and I know there are lots of other women like me who are really keen to, you know, I I describe it as kind of giving younger women a leg up. So how can I use my experience or my influence or, you know, opportunities to open the doors for women? And, you know, I think they're the people that you want to be around, not just the naysayers, you know, because that's where you lose confidence if you're Mm. around people that are always seeing what you don't have. Hang out with people who recognise what you do have and who will push you. And be prepared to put some hard work in. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes, and I don't want to stereotype, you know, I think, well, older people often think that you have to be, you know, well, you've had to be slogging it out for 30 years before you can get a chance. Younger people, on the other hand, often think, well, I'm here now, just give me a leadership (laughs) role. And, I, you know, I think there's some there's something in between yep. you know i don't think it's about length of time and it's not about age but have you put in the work mm-hmm. you know have you have you proven yourself do you have what it takes so i'd say to young people no one's going to hand anything to anyone on a silver platter and probably less so often to a young woman so put in the work that's excellent oh and and don't give Whoa. up
0: don't give up don't yes. give up
1: you know remember that parable you've got something you know, commit yourself, take some steps. And then, you know, if you think about the end of that parable, the ones who, who did something with what God gave them, what did he do? He multiplied it, he gave them more. So you might feel like I don't have much, do something with what you have, trust Mm -hmm. God, and he'll multiply it.
0: Excellent. All right. That's all I I have. So thank you for taking some time to chat with me today. And I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. I
1: have. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to chat with you today, Becky. And uh, and I encourage everyone to check out the blog because there's some really great posts there. And I'm really looking forward to reading what's coming through because there's some amazing women who'll be sharing their thoughts. So thanks for that initiative as well.
0: Yes. And for our listeners, thanks for joining us today as well. Please be sure to check the notes on this podcast for additional resources and references related to today's conversation. Podcast notes can always be found on the ACSI blog at blog.acsi.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to the blog again at blog.acsi.org, or you can also subscribe on iTunes. While you're there, rate or review the show and spread the word on social media. Thanks for all that you do to move Christian education forward.